Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Yo! This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Selzman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Greggy, after weeks of having some terrible primetime football games, I asked the football gods to not give us any more Houston Texans, no more Dallas Cowboys, no more teams from Texas. And you know, we've got two great primetime games in a row. How about that? Sunday, Monday night, man. It was awesome. C.J. Beathard doing the thing. Oh, is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. He was great. Uh, I know, (laughs) I heard Gabe talk about this earlier. It seemed like he was just slinging the ball the entire first half. Like, if you had the over for his prop, I think it was something like 255 yards, something like that. You feel great. And then in the second half, it's just like he didn't throw the ball at all. Um, But... Honestly, made uh, made Marquise Goodwin fantasy viable again for one game at least. I'm sure we'll be talking about that to see uh, whether or not he is a waiver wire target of ours. Um, but yeah, I mean heroics from Aaron Rodgers. I don't know that you know we saw this game being as close as competitive as it was. Uh, I, we mentioned yesterday that uh, I like the over and the 49ers. I didn't, you know, I thought it was going to be more of like a backdoor cover if anything. I didn't know that it was going to go down to the wire. But it was a great football game overall, and uh, you know. Uh, for those people who were sweating out uh, their fantasy outcomes on Monday night, I was right there with you, man. Uh, I ended up winning, as of now, by 1.22 points. I mentioned yesterday I was going up against Aaron Rodgers and Alfred Morris, and I was up 31 points. Alfred Morris, four rushing yards. Unbelievable. Four rushing yards. As of right now, I have a 1.2 point lead. Also, that, um, that touchdown that Aaron Rodgers threw to Ty Montgomery like early in the game, Got reversed to like a rushing touchdown too, so I'm just hoping that that call stands um, for my sake and everybody else who barely won that was facing Aaron Rodgers. You know it's crazy because for me, I had I was down ten points on the on the night going into Monday Night Football. I had Devontae Adams. I was facing the Green Bay defense, and Adams scores pretty early on in the first quarter. I'm like, okay, we got a shot here. And then C.J. Beathard to Marquise Goodwin, and I was like, wait a minute. This is getting close. And I was down at halftime. I was down three points, I think. So I was in a pretty good spot. And then interception, um, a sack or two, and I'm down, I think, five points at one point. Devontae Adams gets the job done, and in the fourth quarter, when last drive for San Francisco, I guess the second to last drive for San Francisco before they... um, Punted it away. They get a sack, and we are tied at one twenty-eight point seven to one twenty-eight point seven. Wow, 
With decimal points. You don't see that a lot. Not often. So I'm just like, listen, let me have just Devontae Adams catch one pass on this last on the next drive. Just one pass. He caught a 38-yard reception and then scored a touchdown. And we move on with a victory, Frankie. Greggy, move it on with a victory. You know what's crazy about that? My home league team where I just barely won? I'm three and three, but I'm like a fool's gold three and three. Like my team, sure. my yeah, team yeah, is yeah. not good, and I realize that. But I'm, you know, I'm just gonna try and ride it out as long as I could. It, it's kind of similar to the Jets, right? Like the Jets are three and three, and like, yeah, you want to be optimistic, you feel good about it, but I mean, they're facing the Vikings and the Bears the next two weeks, so it's like, like, all right, you're three and three, but really, how great do you feel about that three and three? You got to look yourself in the mirror and realize. My fantasy team actually that good? Totally agree. There's, there's still a lot of football to be played. Don't there's sometimes you just get by and you hook to claw your way into the playoffs and magic happens. And there's other times you're sitting here hey, four and man. two and you're like, my team's pretty good. And, and I kind of feel in the middle of that about my four and two team. And like, I think it's good. Like, I, I don't think it's a bad team. But like, I was really looking at it this morning. It's not a great team. It's not a great team. Yeah. I was, uh, I was one and three with this team, and that was uh, the one that I was freaking out with a couple of weeks ago. I kept asking you guys, should I make trades? Because if I go one and four, uh, it's really hard to climb out of that hole. So now I've climbed back. I've won two in a row, three and three, um, but whatever. So much for that. Uh, just going back to last night's game, uh, our guy, MVS, pretty, pretty solid showing. MVS. Third on the team in targets, six targets, three receptions, 103 yards. Uh, man, if he would have if he would have like gotten the end zone, God, that would have helped Team BFF. But you know what? It was is a valiant effort, regardless. Uh, more of the same from the Green Bay rush, rushing right. attack, right? Like Aaron Jones should have had that touchdown. We all saw it. He crossed the plane, but he had the ball on his on his right uh, right side rather than his left, so it didn't get inside the pylon. He would have had a rushing touchdown. Uh, but then game flow kind of set set up that uh, he wasn't going to get a lot of rushing attempts in this game. So. You know what? Maybe, uh, maybe we should start listening to, to the fantasy executive more. No. Just don't draft Packers running backs. Don't draft Colts running backs, which I'm sure we're going to talk about today. But just, I don't know, man. It's a mess. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. What are we doing? What are we doing here, Greg? I think we're just, and I watched a lot of the play calling last night. And it was a game that I understand Green Bay was down in a bunch. And they had to have Ty Montgomery out there. And they had to have Jamal Williams out there. They don't want to run the ball. And like we do this every year because we have these memories of the glory years of Eddie Lacy. Very few glory years, but they're glory years. He was <laughs> top five pick at one point. He was a top five pick at some point. Like what? No one. No, he was. Don't forget I, I'm that. Not, I'm not disputing you. That was part of my rationale for drafting the Packers running backs. That we've seen yeah. Packers running backs have fantasy value. I just. But I guess that was fool's gold as well. I just don't think that. Um, Mike McCarthy's an idiot. That's it. What else do you need to say? I just don't think they don't care about running the ball. And you saw it last night. Play action, play action, play action, play action. Yeah, but eventually this is going to catch up to them. Like, we've almost seen it happen a few times now where, like, they're just trying to put the ball in the hands of Aaron Rodgers. Like, it happened last week or two weeks ago. They lost to the Detroit Lions. And all they did was throw, throw, throw the football because that's all they had to do. That's all they could do was throw the football in the game. And they still lost. You can argue they could have, they should have won if Mason Crosby did his job in that game. Once your offense becomes too one-dimensional, like, it's, it's easier to defend. I mean, not that easy when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, but 
I'm sure eventually the fact that the Packers offense is as one-dimensional as it is is going to catch up to Mike McCarthy and the Packers. I don't and know. For those who doubted Eddie Lacy <laughs> as a rookie, there you go. he had 1,200 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. The next year, 1,109 touchdowns. So very fantasy viable. Correct. For a, for a short period of time. Absolutely. Devontae Adams was beastly last night. He, he's just been fantastic all year long. You mentioned MVS, of course, as well. Jimmy Graham, not as involved as I thought he would be. I think they tried at times. Um, there was a couple of misconnects between, or disconnects, I should say, between Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham last night. He had a great game, though. He did. Five for 104, like, from a tight, tight end? end? Of course. I, that. I, you thought it could have been even better is, is all I was getting to there. Mm. Um I expect after the bye for the Packers, you'll see Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb return, which is probably the end for MVS. On the other... Not necessarily. You don't think so? Because that's something that I've continuously spoke about. Like, he has... He's looked pretty sharp with Aaron Rodgers. So, there's definitely a chance that he goes away. You might have to drop him because now the team is on a bye. But if you play in deeper leagues, I might hold on to him because he's developed somewhat of rapport with Rodgers... Who's to say that they go into the bye and Aaron Rodgers, you know, doesn't go up to the coaching staff and talk this kid up and say, look, you know, I want him to be playing over Randall Cobb. Like, the team was about to cut Randall Cobb before the season. They were trying to trade him away. Who's to say that the three wide receiver set coming out of the bye isn't Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and Marquez Mm Valdez-Scantling? I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance, too. I think, and Aaron Rodgers said it. In deeper leagues, I would hold him. Aaron Rodgers said it after the game last night that MVS farther along than the other rookie wide receivers, and you could tell. Nice catch by Equinemia St. Brown on that last time. Big time by Equal. We'll just call him Equal. (laughs) ESB. ESB. It was, a nice, it was a nice catch by ESB. Really, really good job um, by him. But I think he certainly goes to the bench. Uh, the other dude goes to the bench. MVS. Come on, only, more. Yeah, him. Um, yeah, him. It's true. MVS, the only one that has a shot to do anything. We'll see. Uh, but I expect Cobb and Allison to, to all honestly get their roles back. On the other side of things, where it's a, there's a good time, I think, to start on the waiver wire. Because CJ Beathard, for Green Bay, he looked good. Right? He, he looked good. He moved the offense so much more than we saw at any times last year because he took shots. And while we saw a couple of shots that he missed last year, he's gotten better with his timing, uh, and he certainly understands the speed of Marquise Goodwin. We had said many, many weeks on this show, Marquise Goodwin is droppable. But last night, he finally proved healthy, and Kyle Shanahan did what Kyle Shanahan always does with Goodwin. He lets him take shots. He, he gives him a chance. And on at least two occasions last night, those chances converted into touchdowns. How important is it for if Marquise Goodwin is available to go out and get him? So he's about 45% owned in CBS leagues right now. And as usual, we're going to talk about a lot of wide receivers today. There are more running backs available this week than there have been in, a few, week, yeah, in, yeah. in, in the past weeks. But Marquise Goodwin, I'd say he, he ranks up there probably in like the top three. Top three wide receivers that you want to look at. I think Marquise Goodwin, Chris Godwin, and then however you want to look at you know Christian Kirk, Taylor Gabriel. I think those are all kind of like the top three or four wide receiver pickups. Marquise Goodwin, look, he looked awesome last night. Four receptions, 126 yards, two touchdowns. Took the top off the defense. Uh, showed you why, you know, you can just throw that ball up and he's going to go out there and get it. We know, you know, his history as, as an Olympian, how fast he is. But I will still have some trepidation with this, Greg, because he was third on the team in targets. Yep. Uh, behind Pierre Garçon, uh, and I believe it was George Kittle. Yes, it was. Yeah, George Kittle had six. Pierre Garçon had six targets. So Goodwin had five targets. Um, so that's something like, okay, the target share is still not there. He's not getting a ton of targets. 
Uh, while C.J. Beathard looked good in this game, he hasn't looked great overall on the season. The one thing that I do like is that, especially if you need a wide receiver for next week, this week, upcoming, week seven, with four teams on a bye, they face the Rams, Greg. Mm-hmm. And over the past month, the past four weeks without Aqib Tlaib, yep. they're allowing the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. I think it's purely based for this matchup if you're desperate and need a wide receiver. You said it yesterday that this team is very, very different without Aqib Tlaib. And, and as I just mentioned... Kyle Shanahan is going to allow C.J. Beathard to take shots. He knows that the offense is it has to be won, or the game has to be won when an offense is using their game breakers. Like, dinking and dunking to Pierre Garçon or, or even George Kittle, it's not going to work. You need Marquise Goodwin. And I think against the Rams, we're, a game they're going to be playing catch-up in, uh, I expect it to be a lot over the top, which is very, very good for Marquise Goodwin. So I agree with you. I like him for this week. And, and maybe I like him a little bit more. Um, as a season-long play, because I think those shots are going to be there every game. I don't think there'll be consistency. But to get through the bye, I think there's worse players you can take a shot out, a, a shot on, ultimately. So, with that being said, Frank, how much would you spend on Marquise Goodwin? Marquise Goodwin, uh, I'll, go, I'll go as high as like 10 to 12%. I don't know that there is a wide receiver that I see this week where I'm like, okay, or even a player for that matter, that I'm going like over 20% of my fab budget for okay. this week. I but think 10 to 12%, I would probably live in that range. What do you think? That makes sense. You might have to go up to like 15% yeah. just based on his name value. So I was gonna, where he was drafted. He was When it was all said and done in draft season, he was like a fifth or sixth round pick. I was so because gonna, of that, if someone dropped him, you might have to spend a little bit more. I was going to say around 14%. So we're in the, we're in the same so 12 range. 12 to 15%. Yeah, 12 to 15%. But is he the top wide receiver, Ed? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think he's second, I think I had. Is he second or third? I think he's second. Yeah, so, you know, I've already mentioned Chris Godwin. We'll get into all these guys today. Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk, Taylor Gabriel. These Still don't name the guy that I, I think is the first, in all honesty. Oh, well, is it a one-week Is it a one week thing? No. Oh, all right. Well, I was thinking Josh Reynolds, if you need a one-week, too. So, I like, so Cooper Cup's already ruled out I really, for week seven. I, Cooper Cup ruled out for week seven. This week's a week after that. I really like Josh Reynolds, but I think Josh Reynolds will be under the radar. I don't think I'll cost mm-hmm. you all that much. He's the third wide receiver. Is it Albert Wilson? Really. No. Oh, so who is it? I was gonna get to that after the break. All right, little but, tease. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I, I don't think you named him. We just went through your crew. Maybe, maybe you did. It, this is gonna be great if we come back in the great so uh, the break and Greg's like, "This is the player I won." Who'd you say again? Uh, you know, I mentioned name, him name, like five times. Name, name, name again, Chris sure. Godwin. It's not Chris Godwin. I like Chris Godwin. But it's not Chris Godwin. Uh, I haven't mentioned Jermaine Curse yet. That was it. Oh. So you didn't Sorry. mention, but you didn't. Mention I didn't mention him. him yet. No. I was like, I really like, didn't there's think Christian you Kirk, him. Taylor Gabriel. I think you know. Yeah, I think so. Taylor Gabriel's a really interesting one. Gabriel is an interesting one. And, you know, I'm going to paint both sides of the picture here because while he's done a lot of good things, I think the fact that Anthony Miller is back and the fact that Tariq Cohen is getting as many targets as he is kind of takes away from the luster that is Taylor Gabriel at this point. But over the last three weeks, not including his bye, Taylor Gabriel has four less catches or targets or whatever it is behind Allen Robinson. He's being targeted everywhere. He is. But I just saw, saw those targets go down this week. I agree that... While Anthony Miller was out, while yeah. Terry Cohen wasn't getting as targeted as much as he is now, Taylor Gabriel was getting those targets. I think it was a three-week span where he saw yeah. like 24 targets. Uh, but now this week, while he was incredibly efficient, he caught all five of his targets. Again, it was just five targets. So we'll talk more about that. I think we should stay in this 49ers-Packers game for a little bit more. Well, I didn't want to, I'm, I'm happy you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to leave here. I think you have to talk about Raheem Mostert. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. Uh, pulling up the snaps from Nathan Janky last night. Matt Breida, 27 snaps. Raheem Mostert, 23 snaps. Is Mostert or Mostert? I think it's Mostert. So I was right. Yeah. All right. Mozart, whatever you want to call him. I it. like it. Let's <laughs> Breida had 27 snaps. Let's call him Amadeus. Mostert. <laughs> Amadeus. Amadeus. 
23 snaps, and then Alfred Morris with the measly one. Yeah, so Morris obviously got benched, and this team realized that they it is a better fit uh, for a a faster back. Uh, not a scat back, but, but a faster guy. And they saw that with Brita, mm-hmm. and they saw it with Mostert as well. And Brita was not 100% last night. He was the number one running back. He read the snap catch just a second ago. He was the number one running back. He got the goal line carry. But there was a lot of times that he had to limp off the field, or he needed uh, an extra couple of plays off. And they went to Mostert, who was most like Brita, and he showed some flashes last night. Mm-hmm. To me, I saw him, I was watching this game, and I'm like, this is interesting if I need a running back. But if Brita's playing, do you ever feel comfortable starting Mostert, Frank? I think this is exactly what Kyle Shanahan has always done, right? He's always sure. had Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. He's always had like that duo of running backs, and I don't think much of it changes now. It's obviously to a much lesser extent because when Kyle Shanahan was coaching the Falcons offense, that's a much more potent offense. Like right now we're talking about the 49ers with C.J. Beathard as the quarterback. So they're not going to be nearly as potent. Correct. We look at a lot of these secondary running backs on teams as borderline flex options. And Mostert, the way that he played yesterday, I think he's kind of going to climb into that mix, assuming that Alfred Morris is really done now. Like if this is the thing, I think Mostert kind of climbs in as a flex option. Tough run defense, of course, next week with the Rams, but we'll see. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever rolls on right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Visit today. I want to get right back in to Raheem Mozart. Frank, if that's cool. Amadeus Mozart. Amadeus. Raheem Wolfgang. Amadeus Mozart. Yes. <laughs> it looked like you second-guessed yourself. I was trying, to, like, I was yeah, trying like, to remember if Wolfgang came first or Amadeus. And it's I thought you were thinking whether or not you liked this or not. You're like, no, no, no I don't really it. like this. No, I'm in on it. You're in it. I'm in All on right. it. I think it's cool. So, I want to get right back into it because I want to ask Price. How much do you spend on Wolfgang? <laughs> Like that, this is actually a thing. <laughs> yeah, we made um, it a thing. Obviously, he's owning zero percent of zero. CBS he's out there everywhere. He's widely available. Yeah. So, especially if you you play in deeper leagues and like you need running back help, you, you got to take the shot. Forget deeper leagues, Frank. Everybody needs running back help. There's mm-hmm. there's nobody that doesn't need running back help. So take that out of it. If you are in a your normal twelve team league, not a fourteen team league, mm-hmm. not one of them that has a thousand bench spots like our GST league. If you are in your normal home league that we both have. 12 teams, there's not a lot out here, obviously, but you need a running back. What do you do? Buys are here. Um, I'll use my, me as an example, right? I have Saquon Barkley, Carlos Hyde, and Kenyon Drake. Two of those three guys are terrible. I don't have any other running backs. What do I do? Well, it depends who else is available, too, because there's a, lot of, there's a few more running backs on this list that we've mentioned. Uh, it's what, do we like those guys more than Mostert? That's the question, because there's okay. Edo Smith... Which, you know, he might be able to help you this week. The Giants right. have been susceptible to running backs, but then they have a bye in week eight. And you assume and we Freeman's expect back that after Devontae that. Freeman will be back after that. And then we get back to a three headed monster for the Atlanta Falcons. So right. that's just a complete mess. Then there's Marlon Mack, who's 62% owned and looked like he kind of took a, a stranglehold back on the Colts running back position. Right. But again, because 
that defense is as bad as it is, and they're throwing the ball as much as they are, do you really want to get involved with the Colts running back situation? So you gave the percentages, 62% uh, for Marlon Mack, a little bit less. 20, 20% for Edo Smith. 20% for Edo Smith. So Edo Smith's out there um, more so than, than Mack is. But I'll say this, in, in my league and in some competitive leagues, because running backs are so valuable, in both of my home leagues, both of those guys are gone. Just, this is, again, just me, and I understand it doesn't affect everybody. But is Frank Gore owned in your league as yes. well? Yes. So he's 33% owned on CBS. They don't really like the guys that highlight it. And I, I, I know some I, I, people listen, have brought can, up Peyton I, Barber as well. I, I, he's owned I, I, in 58% of leagues, so he's owned in a large majority. And Plus, I really don't want to fool around with the Tampa Bay Bucks running back Fair situation enough. either. So if you really need running back help, which a lot of people do, I'll go... You know, up to twelve percent. Again, I I don't want to break the yeah. bank on Mostert, but like, if right. you need running back help, I can understand spending more than that because this is a good situation for him. You know, he there's obviously something they like about him. That's why Kyle Shanahan used him as much as they did last night. And Matt Breida has been injury prone already this season. And if he gets hurt at some point, then maybe we see an even bigger workload for Mostert. So. There is a chance for upside here. I will say this about Raheem Mostert. There's nothing in the passing game at all last night. Mm-hmm. Just 12 carries for 87 yards, and that's it. It's obviously it was equal- incredibly efficient. Incredibly efficient. I don't want to break the bank for this dude. So if you, if you really want him, again, he's probably in that 10 to 12% range. If you just want to throw a smaller bit on him, 7 or 8%, I'm, I'm okay with that as well. Like That's probably where I'm going to live if I'm bidding on him this week. Yeah, I think I'm li- yeah, I, I, I agree. You're not going to spend more than 12% on this guy, are you? I'm not going to. Sp- no, absolutely not. I'm going to probably bid like $7 on him and just whatever. Yeah, something like that. I think that's fair. I think, that, I think that's fair, too. Anything else in this Niners-Green Bay game before we move on? Uh, no, George Kittle, 4 for 30, whatever. Um, no, nah, Packers running backs, a mess. No, I think, we're, I think we're done with this game. I think so, too. Let me stick with the running backs because we, we got into an impassioned discussion in regarding Mostert. The other guys you mentioned, I think, are all the right guys, Frank. Peyton Barber, Frank Gore, and I think those two are where I want to start because they're similar in a way. Frank Gore is old, Peyton Barber is a retread. Barber has kind of been up and down this year in fantasy football. You jumped in on him late in drafts and you realized he was going to start. He was terrible, and before the Tampa Bay bye... A lot of people jumped off board, went after Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones finished Sunday with how many carries? Uno. One. Snaps were more than it had been, but one carry on the day. Peyton Barber was much, much, much better. Now, we can sit here and hope and pray that Ronald Jones becomes the guy. I know Chris Venture's doing just that downstairs right now. But Peyton Barber, and essentially Dirk Cutter has told us this, and Todd Monaghan the same thing. Peyton Barber's my guy. And maybe when they continue to lose, they'll turn the reins over to the younger player, and I understand that. But right now, Frankie, if Peyton Barber's out there, he is very, very clearly the starting running back in Tampa Bay. Yeah, he is. And he had 13 carries to Ronald Jones' one, as you mentioned. Uh, We saw him use more in the pass game than ever before. Four receptions, 24 yards, and a touchdown. Here's the thing. I just don't know what the upside is with him. Like, honestly, why wouldn't you rather take a shot on a guy like Mostert, right, with the San Francisco 49ers? Because... As you mentioned and as you referenced, like the further the Bucks go along and the more they continue to lose, they have to at least see what they have in Ronald Jones. They use a second-round pick on the guy. I just 
I don't know what the upside is for uh, Peyton Barber. I'm not buying back in. The fact that he has scored one touchdown through five games, this was the only game this season that he has more than one reception in a game, and that's likely a product of playing the Atlanta Falcons because they struggle allowing receptions to running backs. So the Tampa Bay knew that, and that's that's the fashion that they used Peyton Barber in this game. Uh, they faced the Cleveland Browns this week, and you know, surprisingly, the Cleveland Browns haven't been as good against running backs as they were last year. Uh, we just saw Melvin Gordon uh, stomp all over them, go into Cleveland. They they allowed 196 total rushing yards between him and Austin Eckler, three rushing touchdowns. So it's a decent matchup. Peyton Barber's likely in the flex discussion. It's just I'm not going to pay what it's probably going to take to get Peyton Barber. I've had a lot of people asking me about Peyton Barber already. Yep. It seems like they're trying to buy back in. Everyone has recency bias. They want to go based on what they just saw this past week. And what they just saw was Peyton Barber running efficiently, being used in the pass game, scoring a touchdown. So that's what's fresh in everyone's mind. Let you let me remind you what he did the first four games of the season. Seven for 24 against the, the Bears. Eight for 33 against the Steelers. 16 for 22 against the Eagles. 19 for 69 against the Saints. I'm not buying it, Greg. I get it, man. I, I get I, it. If, People if, are desperate for you, running backs. If though. you want to put, again, if you want to put like a 10 percent bit fab bit on them You're okay cool. i'm not gonna spend the 15 to 20 percent what it might take for people who are really really desperate without james connor this week without um marshawn lynch on a buy with all the seahawks guys on a buy like all the someone's gonna spend more than i am on peyton barber this week fair enough i'm not doing it i'll say this though peyton barber and the bucks are through their buy you have them and it works you have them the rest of the year i appreciate you playing devil's advocate right now but Personally, I'm not doing it. Are you doing it? Will I pay 10%? Yeah. I will. He's probably going to take 15%. Like, he's going he's gonna to cost that much. Because people see him, oh, a starting running back. How, many, how often do I get a starting running back on the waiver wire? And they're going to spend more than 10%. I'm okay at around, like, 10 to 12%. But he's going to go for more than that. I think I might pay up 15 I wouldn't go to 20 because he's a starting running back. He's a goal line back. He's out there every day. What's, he's a goal line back. Greg, how, how many rushing touchdowns does he have this year? Donut. The only touchdown he scored is a receiving touchdown. Um, when they get in the red zone, yeah. all they do is throw. Right. The Tampa Bay Bucks defense is terrible. They just fired their defensive coordinator. Highest paid defensive coordinator in the league, too. And I love that it took the game against his former team for them to realize, like, really oh, sad. yeah, it's really sad. Do you know, oh. he was almost the Giants coach, which is... Yeah, that would have been awesome for them. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's exactly what they need. Exactly. I'm not doing it. Look, the guy has zero rushing touchdowns. Their defense is bad. It's going to be negative game scripts for him. They're going to be throwing. Nothing about Peyton Barber and the Bucks running back situation says, pick me up. Okay. At least not to me. Maybe we'll go to the other part of the state. In Miami, you feel differently about Frank Gore. Last week, Frank Gore was picked up in my league uh, for $5 on the, on the Wednesday waiver run. He was then dropped on the Thursday waiver run for Jameis Winston. On the Friday waiver run, run... I still think it's a little weird that you have waivers every day. It's fun. Instead of first come, first serve, we just have waivers every day. Yeah. It should probably just be like two or three times a week. Why? I don't know. Okay. Thank you. So It's just like your money goes every single day, right? Like people adding and dropping. Like, great. Isn't that... What you try to get away from for first come first serve, well, like no, people just adding and dropping constantly. No, no, you're getting away from first come first serve is me seeing somebody get her on Twitter and me going to be able to pick them up right now. That's why you get away from it, not the right. adding and dropping so much. I think you guys, in my opinion, what I would do is overnight into Wednesday. I don't think I asked. Overnight into Great. Saturday. No, we're good. And then Sunday morning. 
Well, you can't do that. It has to be the same time every day. You can't just pick it Saturday night and then Sunday morning. Why? Why does it have to be the same time every day? The, the, because it forces you to do that. You can't. ESPN doesn't allow you to change it. Every, well, don't play on ESPN or, CBS, or Yahoo. I'm not paying money on CBS. It's stupid, and it's a gross interface. But anyway. It's not true. So, we have, so on Friday, I put a $0 bid in on Frank Gore, and I lost to someone who was worse in the standings to a $0 bid on Frank Gore. I was the Kenny and Drake owner. Now That was kind of mean and grouchy what you said, too, by the way. You were butting in. I thought about it. You were you were butting in. I don't remember asking you. I didn't ask you. You're criticizing my league and my settings. I'm offering my opinion. I didn't ask for it. That's not fair. Be honest. Point is, I missed out your opinion. Sometimes. I thought we were best friends. We are best friends. I even tweeted about you today. Did so. I don't believe you. You could check my Twitter. So I spent no money on Frank Gore, and I wound up not getting him. He had the first 100-yard game that any player had uh, this year against the Chicago Bears. Frankie, number one, can Frank Gore do it again? Number two, it certainly seems that he is the preferred option on the ground for Miami uh, and for Adam Gase. Kenyon Drake's going to be involved. He did play more snaps, I believe, and barely outtouched him because of the receptions. But... When it comes to the groundwork, even on the goal line, the only reason he was out at the end of the game is because he was gassed. Would you rather own right now Frank Gore, Kenyon Drake? That's number two. And number three, if Gore is out there, how much are you spending? So I would, in, in half-point PPR and full-point PPR, I would still rather own Kenyon Drake. And that's just because Frank Gore is not being used in the pass game whatsoever. But if you play in non-PPR, if you play in standard, A, it's probably probably still live in the Stone Age, and B, um, I'd probably rather have Frank Gore, just because he is dominating uh, carries, and it looks like, I know that Kenyon Drake was given that opportunity on a goal line carry, but we've seen Frank Gore used in the red zone as well, uh, he has double digit carries over the last three weeks, he's out-carried Kenyon Drake over the last three weeks as well, and to be honest, over the past two games specifically, he's run very efficiently. I don't know what has happened with the Miami Dolphins offensive line or the teams that they are facing, but against the Bengals two weeks ago, 12 for 63, that's 5.3 yards per carry. And then this past week, you've already referenced it, 15 carries for 101 yards, 6.7 yards per carry against the Chicago Bears. This is like the first 35-year-old running back to rush for 100 yards in like forever. So... In non-PPR, I'd rather have him than Kenyon Drake. In half-point and full-point PPR, I'll still take Kenyon Drake because of his pass-game usage. Yep. Um, but to be honest, I like both guys this week going up against the Detroit Lions who have allowed a, a lot of fantasy points to opposing running backs this year. How much are you spending on Frank Gore? <sighs> Obviously, in non-PPR, his value is higher. Yeah, own him in our non-PPR league, Frank. He's probably... He's in that range. He's in that 10 to 12% range. Like, there's nobody... There's a lot of... Solid options at running back this week. Which Solid's is, like... Which is more than what we could say for weeks past. I don't know if it's solid. I don't know if solid's like the right thing. It's solid. It's like fine. What's the difference between solid and fine, Greg? Solid seems like better than fine. No. Yeah. To me, solid is like... Average. Fine. These are like average. average. I think fine's like average. Solid's like But the past solid. couple of weeks, we've had no running backs. We've had, we've had no running backs to be added off the waiver wire. Now it seems that we actually have some... Uh, in in non PPR, I'll go you know ten to twelve percent. In PPR, he catches no passes. Yeah, there's zero upside in PPR with Frank Gore. So I honestly I would just not even look his way when it comes to PPR, uh, unless you're really really hurt by the bye weeks and 
you know, he has a good matchup against the Lions. They're allowing the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I'm telling you right now, Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore will likely both be inside my top 24 at running really? this week. Yeah, just okay. based on who's on bye and the fact that they're facing the Lions. Like, it's a really good matchup. I am I'm really hurting the buys and flex this week. It's tough. Sorry, bud. Do you have Frank, Frank Gore still? I do. He's going to be in your lineup. He's 1,000% going to be in my lineup. <laughs> because you have Marshawn Lynch. So for the Marshawn Lynch owner, Frank Gore becomes viable this week. I agree. So that I, so that I agree with. Uh, the last running back that I know I had on my list was Ito Smith. Um, just this week for Atlanta, because as we said, they play on Monday night. Devontae Freeman's basically already been ruled out. Then they have the bye, and then you expect, hopefully, for Freeman owners, uh, he'll be ready to rock. Frankie, Edo Smith's out there. Uh, how much are you spending? Less. Uh, quick, quick side note before you answer that question. Uh, nope. Um, Mike Florio, one in five in flex. One in five. Along with Eric Young, one in five in flex. Oh, see what happens? You leave the BFFs. You become bad at fantasy football. Greg and Frank, 4-2. 4-2. Very solid. It's, that's kind of one of those 4-2 teams, though, where I'm looking at it and I'm like, <laughs> uh, I feel the same. this team really 4-2? I feel the same way. I have Amari Cooper as like my wide receiver one. Well, I drafted as my wide receiver one. But now Tyler Boyd has emerged as my wide receiver one. Edo Smith. Um, if he's I have a, a, second, a third least points against, by the way. Edo Smith, if he's available, uh, he's, he's behind. I'm averaging less than 100. Never mind. He's behind <laughs> all of the running backs that we've mentioned to this point. He's behind Mostert. He's behind uh, Frank Gore. He's behind, I guess, Peyton Barber. Like, I just, I hate Peyton Barber. I hate the Bucks running back situations. I just don't want anything to do with them. But Ito Smith, uh, you can't deny his usage, especially in the red zone the past couple of weeks. They've been using him in that part of the field. Uh, again, it's like you don't really know who's going to be used. It's kind of just like, Whoever's on the field at that point for the Atlanta Falcons, we saw Tevin Coleman score a touchdown this past week, but Ito Smith has scored a touchdown in two straight games. The Giants have allowed the 10th most fantasy points to opposing running backs this year. They allowed a touchdown to Corey Clement one week ago. So, again, if you need a flex running back this week or are really hurting, Ito Smith comes into play. Um, but it, how much you spend on him depends on how much you need him, right? Like, if you really, really need a running back this week, I could see going as high as like 10 to 12% again on Ito Smith. But if you are not going to use him, then you're probably not going to pick him up because once Devontae Freeman is back, I don't know that you're going to feel great about starting any Falcons running back. I agree with that. I agree with that. Tevin Coleman was very useless this past weekend until that touchdown. He was killing fantasy owners. I had him in DFS, uh, so I felt it with you. Um, but Ito Smith, this week, with all the buys that we have mentioned... I think it's a start. Would you rather start Edo Smith or, or Amadeus this week? The 49ers are facing Rams. The Rams and the Falcons Rams. against the Giants on Monday night. I would play Edo Smith. I think so too. How would you rank the, the running backs that we've already discussed as ads? We, we, we didn't even mention Marlon Mack yet. We didn't mention Marlon Mack yet. Let me do, let's do that before we, okay. we rank them. Though. And then I guess we'll rank them. Yeah, we'll rank them before the break, hopefully. Um, Marlon Mack. Seized this opportunity, as you said, when he came back. Jordan Wilkins did not get off the bench. Robert Turbin was terrible and I think got re-injured. Uh, and Naheem Hines, I believe, had the most snaps out of anybody, while Marlon Mack looked the best on the ground. It was a tough game against the Jets where the game flow should have dictated a lot more of Naheem Hines, which is why he was on the, fl- on the field. But whenever he got the ball, Marlon Mack looked good, Frank. Yeah, he did. And I wasn't a big Marlon Mack guy coming into the season. Uh, and that was because I thought he was going to be drafted higher than he was, honestly. Right. Uh, but he looked good in that start um, against the Jets. They said that once he comes back, like he's going to be the starter. It looks like that is the case. The reason I caution you is because 
the Colts, like the Bucks, are going to be in a lot of negative game scripts this year, Greg. Yeah. So I don't I don't think I'm breaking the bank on Marlon Mack either. We'll give you our running back rankings again to the wide receivers coming up next. If you're someone that needs fantasy sports advice every day, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network has you covered. When you download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, you get the top fantasy advice every single day right through the weekend. Be sure to listen to our weekend warriors like College Football Today. Welcome to College Football Today Weekend Fantasy Update. They call me the fantasy Jesus. In this league, it is never short of exciting at ITL. And so much more. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in the iTunes and Google Play Store now. And keep the best fantasy experts right in your pocket all day long and all week long. But nice to have real Mozart. Nah, I prefer this much more. If you enjoy playing DFS but are sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, come the Prosper Loot Tool over at mybookie.ag. We're going to have to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with lineup scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against. Just you and the props that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, promo code is FNTSY when you sign up, and you can choose the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. The promo code is FNTSY. We also want to tell you about Daily Roto and the lineup optimizer, because today is an extremely important day for this. Frank, today is opening night in the NBA season. We both had drafts last night. We were going back and forth via the text message. I feel like my my team came out pretty well. One one miss. Probably because it looks like something I would draft. It does. I felt the whole way. (laughs) Every time, because like a lot of the players that you and I both like were like very fairly priced. Um, And I thought they were a good deal. Like Paul George, I had no interest in getting last night, but he fell in my lap at $31. Like, how am I not doing that? Uh, Chris Middleton, who I wanted, I thought he was, I I, I think I paid $21 for something like that. I was like, okay, pretty fair price. Um, Gary Harris went for like 12. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. And I'm like, the more and more I look at this team, it's, it's a Frank team. And the one thing I told Frank going into the draft, and he asked me, is there one player you really want? I was like, I really want Trey Young in this format. And I, I went overboard with Trey Young in this format. Um, my buddy, Danny, who had an auction last week, he told me, he also, I asked him how much Trey Young, Trey Young went for after I bought him. And he went for six bucks, and I spent 17. And I'm just like, oh, God. This is bad. And I was really bad, mad at myself. And then I budgeted, and I was looking at my, my budget wrong. And it, it wound up okay because I was really able to dominate some of these $10 guys that I really wanted, like Darren Fox and Willie Cauley-Stein. And I was able to get them all. But I had an extra chunk of money that I could have spent on one guy rather than spread, spread the wealth, which isn't like wrong or right. So I missed out on DeAndre Ayton and Tobias Harris, who both went around $20. I was like, hmm. That was the spot where I w- you always regret something in an auction. Mm-hmm. That was the, the those are the two guys I regret letting go. Yeah, but the point is, point is not talking about my fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> the point is, NBA season starts tonight, and there are two games: Sixers and Celtics, which is awesome. Thunder and Warriors, which is also awesome. Even more awesome over at Fanduel tonight. Four dollars gives you a chance to win two hundred and fifty thousand. Four bucks it costs. Million dollar prize pool. First place gets 250000 And the first thing I did, and Chris Venture did this morning, is we went over to DailyRoto.com. We used the lineup optimizer. And then Frank did the same thing when he got in an hour later. And he optimized. And he said, here, what do I do? And 
what I was very excited about was when they ran the optimizer, the second lineup it spit out was my lineup. And I had used projections from Daily Roto, but I didn't run the optimizer until I made my initial lineup just to see. Mm-hmm. Same lineup. I was like, this is fate. Genius. I read, so I read the article posted on Daily Roto first by Leone and Drew and Ricky. Then I saw my lineup. Then I ran the optimizer. And then later today, I'll be talking to Drew Digmeyer and running my lineup by him, making sure it makes sense. And I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to win 250 grand tonight. And then if that's the case, Frank, you'll get a text message from me uh, early in the morning saying I will not be here tomorrow. And you've also shared on Twitter that I will also, I will, I will get some of this. Absolutely. So how much do I get if you win? I, I'll definitely buy you lunch for a week. That's it? You didn't ask for anything. Well, I mean, I'm not going to be rude. I said, give you money. So I just said, I'd buy you lunch for a week. You upset about that? $150,000. This guy's going to. You should be thankful. <laughs> I don't have to give you anything. Well, what did you do to earn the money? Emotional support. <laughs> you root for me to lose most things. No, I don't. Like, I can see tonight. I have a guy like, oh, man, I really don't want this guy to do good because I don't have, because I'm playing him in fantasy. Like, I can see that happening. No, I wouldn't do that. You definitely I'm rooting would. for you, Greg. Well, I'm rooting for you, too. So I could get lunch what, for a week. What are you going to give me if you win? Because you participated. You put two lineups in. Well, I didn't already reveal that I'm going to... Give me anything. Give you anything. You're my best friend, so I wanted to. Yeah, we'll talk about it off the air. You can't do it on the air? No, that's it. Fair enough. Anyway, Daily Roto... <laughs> Using NBA Optimizer is absolutely fantastic. Go to dailyroto.com right now and sign up. It's all premium. FNTSY is a promo code. It is well worth it. I promise you. We all did it first thing this morning. You got to do it too before you set your lineup. It's four bucks on FanDuel to win 250 grand. You are an idiot if you don't participate in this. Frankie, rank the running backs we talked about so far. I would rank them Marlon Mack, Frank Gore. Mostert and Ito Smith. And Peyton Barber is, I'm not picking him up. But I guess if you want me to rank him, I would put him ahead of Ito Smith. But behind the other three. I don't want him. I would do it uh, very, very differently than you this week. Um, I would do it Peyton Barber number one, Marlon Mack two, Frank Gore three, Ito Smith four, uh, and Wolfgang Odeus Mozart five. In bar one, Craig. Yeah. I explained why. All right. You can make that mistake. Not a mistake. They're all, they're all basically cost the same amount. We just talked about this. It's all like the same price. That 10 to 15% range. All right. You're annoyed at me. You, you can have Peyton Barber. Thank you. I will. <laughs> That's your mistake. Give me, the starting, give me the starting running back, man. All right. You can have him. When you, you can take Marlon Mack. for he, how long? You can take Marlon Mack when he strains his hamstring again. I mean, I, none of these guys are great by any means. Exactly. So I'm getting a guy that's a lead dog. Yeah, Marlon Mack, 12 rushes for 89 yards. It was great. Awesome. Yeah. It was awesome, for sure. Andrew Luck is his quarterback. Still got out snap on Naheem Hines. That's an issue. Peyton Barber, bad. Still an issue. <laughs> Let's move on to the wide receivers. We mentioned Marquise Goodwin, who we both really, really like uh, for San Francisco. But as I said to you before, he was not my number one guy. My number one guy this week is Jermaine Curse. Quincy Nunez is out for the next four weeks at least with a high ankle sprain. The Jets, clearly believing this is a concern, Terrell Pryor also banged up, uh, worked out Rashard Matthews today. If wide receiver is as much of a concern as it certainly seems, that means Robbie Anderson steps up and Jermaine Kerr steps up. As much as I think the Jets are going to take more shots uh, with Robbie Anderson, 
the inline guy is still the guy you want to own. That has been Quincy Numa, and once he left this game this past Sunday, it became Jermaine Curse. I really like Curse this week and potentially going forward with his Anunua injury. Definitely with the Anunua injury, uh, I just worry about once he returns, how valuable is Curse going to be? Plus, he won't be, but, it, but, but I, think, I don't think he returns for like a month. That might be true. I mean, we don't have any confirmation. It is a, it's a high ankle sprain. It's so a high ankle sprain, not an ankle sprain. I know, I know, but... I mean, Sam Donald still spreads the ball around. Like, I do like Jermaine Curse. Don't get me wrong. Since week three, we've already kind of seen him take the hold of like the top target role on this team. Uh, he leads the team since week three on with 25 targets. That's 22% of the target share. And he is the guy who has been playing in the slot most recently and is slated to play the slot. And I know they face the Vikings this week, but... Being the slot receiver against the Vikings is probably what you want to target anyway. I imagine Xavier Rhodes will likely uh, be on Robbie Anderson on the outside. So I'm with you. I like Curse. Uh, I still just kind of worry because Sam Donald spreads the ball around. He throws to like all the tight ends. He throws to like Chris Herndon. He throws to Jordan Leggett. He's, you know, targets yeah. the running backs a little bit. Uh, but I, I do like Jermaine Curse, just not as much as Chris Godwin or Marquise Goodwin. I, I think he's just behind those guys by a little bit. How much are you spending on them? Jermaine Curse, 8 to 10%. That's it. Okay. So you're you're willing to go higher. I, I'm, more than, I'm more than that 10 to 15% range. I think he, okay. he's my favorite guy. You like him more than Goodwin? I think it depends on what you need. You know, I, if I'm looking for... I think like I, if I you hate, need a PPR, like safe floor kind of guy, exactly then Jermaine saying. Curse is your guy. You need the higher floor guy, Jermaine Curse is your if guy. If you need the, like, the one-week banger, it's this week for a good one against the Rams. Good. Absolutely agree with that. I'm looking for Jermaine. If you're looking for a guy that's going to give you a floor of like eight PPR points a week, I think that's Jermaine Curse. If you're looking for a guy that has an ability to put up 20 points, that's clearly Marquis Goodwin. But he also has the ability to give you a donut. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Now, you mentioned Chris Godwin here a lot. You have Marquise Goodwin, and you have Chris Godwin. Jameis Winston came back. Chris Godwin very much involved this past Sunday. Mike Evans was not. Is it sustainable here um, for Chris Godwin? That's a fair question, um, but he has scored a touchdown in four or five games, so he's definitely been Without involved question. in the red zone. He leads the Bucks actually, in red zone targets this year with eight, which is interesting because... He's only played 55% of the snaps this season, Greg, which I think is why you might have a little bit of hesitancy when it comes to adding Chris Godwin. He played only 56% of the snaps this past week in week six, but he does have nine or more targets in, in two of the past three games, and we've already referenced that game script for the Tampa Bay Bucks says that they're going to be passing the ball a lot. I do agree that it is slightly frustrating that he just doesn't play the second most no, uh, amount of snaps on this team behind Mike Evans, like, Adam Humphreys still plays more than him. Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin are like play the same amount. They're in that 55 to 60% of snaps every single week. So I understand the hesitancy here, but I just think the based on the game script, the way he's been using the red zone, the fact that he has actually scored touchdowns, like yep. he's not a guy that we're saying, oh, look, he's getting the targets. That means production is going to come. Like that's something we say every week with Jarvis Landry, right? Jarvis Landry is getting double digit targets. Fantasy production is bound to come eventually. Chris Godwin. Targets have been there in two of the past three weeks, plus the fantasy production has been there, scoring a touchdown in four out of five games. So it's, it actually surprises me that he's only owned in 59% of leagues. Um, he's my top wide receiver, Ed, Greg. I, I understand that. You're Chris Godwin, guy. I, I understand that you know the snap percentage is annoying, but I think even as the season goes on, I think that he can be solidified as that 
number two wide receiver. If he doesn't, I mean, it's all more the reason that Dirk Cutter should be fired from this team. Uh, but he's showed that he's talented, and the way that they're using him, he, he's my number one wide receiver. Now, he, as you mentioned, he scored a four out of five games, but... And this isn't his fault. I'm not, like, blaming him at all in any mm-hmm. way. Like, the defense that Tampa Bay has faced, New Orleans, poor secondary, 3 for 41 at a touchdown. Okay. Philadelphia, the weak part of their team, the secondary, 5 for 56 at a touchdown. Pittsburgh, brutal secondary, five, seven, 10 targets with Ryan Fitzpatrick, 5 for 74 at a touchdown. Against the Bears in the game, they got shellacked. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, brutal secondary, 6 for 56 at a touchdown. Isn't there a chance this goes the other direction when they face some of these better defenses, Frankie? Well, they're slated to face the Browns this week. Okay, who, so that's a better secondary. Who, ish. Pers- I mean, ish. We think that they are, but Should if be. you look at it, on the season they've allowed the ninth most fantasy points. Okay, they've so allowed right. multiple touchdowns to wide receivers in three out of six games. Okay, so they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable, and then they faced uh, they faced the Bengals, who are right there. They're right behind the Browns. They've allowed a touchdown to a wide receiver in every game but one this year. They've allowed big games to wide receivers. We, we just saw that this past week, uh, especially in week four, too, when they faced the Falcons. 344 yards and two touchdowns to wide receivers. Uh, and then they faced the Panthers, who actually their secondary has played better than you'd imagine, but I still don't think they're great either. So I just think based on game script, they're going to be passing the ball so much that Chris Godwin is... He's going to get his targets, and especially in the red zone, that's, that's where they like to use him because, like other teams that we've seen now with secondary options, teams want to try and stop Mike Evans from scoring touchdowns. They want to try and stop the tight ends. They forget about Chris Godwin. We saw that this past week, too, when you saw James Winston roll out. Nobody around Chris Godwin just throws it to him. Chris Godwin just walks in the end zone. I think we continue to get a lot of that. My only, my only opinion there to dispute you is just that there's a lot of options for those touchdowns in Tampa Bay. You mentioned Mike Evans. But there's being a lot of out. volume, too. There is, that's a great point. And there's Evans, there's Brait, there's Sean Jackson, there's O.J. Howard, who I really like, um, and there's Godwin. So you can make a case that he's fourth or fifth on every play. But it's worked, obviously. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's twofold, because I get what you're saying. Of course. Because there's, there's so a lot volume. of options, but there's so much volume. And I don't think that volume's going away. We're going to sign off at YouTube. Remember, the Fantasy Football Frenzy comes your way next. Corey Parson, Chris Ventra, and Jim Day have your game balls for Week 6. If you're listening on a podcast, we implore you, please, subscribe to the channel. Uh, subscribe to our show. Make sure you like us, you rate us, and you leave a comment. We really, really appreciate it. Um, so you ranked at Godwin... Then who is next for you? In PPR, it would be Curse. Okay. In Standard, it would be Goodwin. Goodwin. All right, so you're saying Curse and Goodwin back-to-back here. Uh, Other guys that you had mentioned before, Christian Kirk, who kind of is becoming Josh Rosen's favorite target. People are sleeping on him a little bit. We thought this was possible. Two rookies that have worked together really since training camp. They've always been connected. Larry Fitzgerald clearly banged up at, at this point, which... I don't want to say Kirk's the lead dog, but there's a connection here. Yeah, and he's only 27% owned. Uh, since week three, he leads the team in targets with 24. That's 22% of the target share. Leads the team with 220 air yards, Corey Parson. And then 105 yards after the catch. All of those categories lead the Cardinals. So while I know it's not a potent passing game, it's not a potent offense by any means, uh, Christian Kirk is the guy who's getting the volume. He seems like he's the favorable target. Uh, he's also played 79% of the snaps this past week, which is the first time he's played more snaps than Chad Williams. So he has stepped into that number two wide receiver role. Uh, we, we've seen him used in multiple ways uh, as, as you know that possession receiver. We know he played slot receiver in college, but he also has some explosiveness. We saw that long touchdown last week too. So Christian Kirk uh, is, I think Christian Kirk are kind of like 
tied for the next position up. They're like third, like fourth, fifth, I guess. I, I would take Taylor Gabriel just because that offense, I trust that offense more right now, the Chicago Bears. Should Taylor Gabriel be higher on this list? Should he be higher than Marquise Goodwin? No. They're, they're similar players. I think, no. I, I think he's exactly where he should be on this list. He'll be, I, he should be higher than Christian Kirk. 100 yards receiving two games in a row. He should be higher than Christian Kirk, but he should not be higher. But he should not be higher than anybody else on this list. Is that reasonable? Yeah, I think that's fair. The, the snaps did go down this week, too, which is what I mentioned. With Concerned Andy Anthony Miller, Miller back, yeah. his, snap, his snap percentage was below 60% uh, this week for the first time you know, in the, over the past like month or so, so. Let me ask two players in particular in regards to drops, okay? Royce Freeman and Derrick Henry. And I've gotten questions about that on Twitter. I've gotten questions about that on text message, on Gchat, and in person. Uh, they were also on your list. Can you drop, or should you drop, Royce Freeman uh, and or Derrick Henry for some of the players that we've mentioned on today's show? I think, look, if you own these guys, you're likely, you likely have a bad record. You're infuriated. Yes, you're probably... That, that, I mean, that's not necessarily true. The guy that owns Royce Freeman in my league has the best record in the league. Four, four. So, that's, Five and one, I'm sorry. This is where... Where you are in the standings determines what you Dictates should do it. with these guys. Like, if you're 3-3 three and three or worse, and you, like, need to win this week, I'm taking a shot on, you know, some of these other running backs that we've talked about, some of these other wide receivers, if you need the wide receiver help, because, you know, these guys might just be clogging up spots on your bench. If you're 4-2 and two or better, I think you can afford to have a little bit more patience, right. especially for guys who are drafting the third or fourth round, respectively. But if you need the help... You, you, you just can't hold on to these guys and say, oh, it's going to happen eventually. You need to win now. Yeah, I get it. I think if you're the Royce Freeman owner and you're sitting there like my, my buddy in my league, you're sitting at 5-1, and one, you hold on. There's, hold no, on. there's, there's no reason um, to drop You're not paying Ito Smith for him or, or Mozart, right? Like that's, you're not doing that. No. You're gonna, Peyton Barrett. Ugh. Right. You're going to hope that by the time the playoffs roll around, you have something in Royce Freeman. When it comes to Derrick Henry, I think it's the same. You, you kind of just hope Deion Lewis gets hurt, I guess, right? Like... And, and that's, that's the only way it. it's happening here. Um, Jory Nelson. I'm holding on to him. Cooper's just concussion. On the off chance that yeah. Amari, Amari Cooper is traded. Or just concussed permanently. Yeah. But, like, the Raiders are on a bye. You got it. You really want to hold any Raiders besides Marshawn Lynch right now? Fine, cut them. See what I care. <laughs> Corey Parson, Jim Day, Chris Venture, they come your way next. For Frank Stample, my name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching listening to Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. Yeah.